a lot of artists don't consider finance or real estate as anything yep. because they think it will take away from it's supposed to be creative mm -hmm. like they're artists mm -hmm. like you know they have to starve they have to starve <laughs> <laughs> they have to live paycheck to yeah. paycheck if you had the financial piece kind of in place mm -hmm. your artistry will flow so, so much, much smoother when i was 21 my mm -hmm. dad said to me i think you should be in real estate and i was like no I was what, like, are you what are you talking about? I would, I'm not, you know, when you're 21, you're like, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, you know? yeah. I wouldn't say it's a big regret. I would say it wasn't time. Yes. I remember shutting the door on you guys. Yeah. <laughs> we like that. Yeah. Every no you get is closer mm. to a yes. Why did you start dancing? Why Why did you start mm. in that world of like, man is dancing? Oh, I, yeah. Man said I'm going to start while away. dancing. <laughs> Welcome to Brick by Brick, the podcast where we build your real estate dreams one brick at a time, all while cracking jokes and sharing personal growth insight. Brick by Brick is hosted by real estate and mortgage professionals who moonlight as comedians. Trust me, we are funnier than your normal real estate professionals. While our real estate and mortgage knowledge is as solid as a brick wall, the information shared here is primarily for chuckles and entertainment. Woosa. <laughs> <laughs> If you're looking for serious, no-nonsense real estate advice, please consult a qualified professional. But if you are here for some laughs and some property wisdom, you've come to the right place. Now let's get started with the show and let's make your real estate journey a little less concrete. Welcome to Brick by Brick, redefining success. My name is Michael and this is the amazing, incredible Jessica it started last year okay <laughs> yes the way i had to harass this man though yeah yeah i'm kidding i shouldn't kiss yeah. my teeth on camera no 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 no. but no no, no, no. when we finally got here we got here yes yes because yeah. it's been a long time coming yeah you know what though like i realized um i think everything in right time mm -hmm. right mindset yeah where things just work out i think that's why i was like neither of us were like pushing pushing for it yeah but then we were like okay now the time is right. Mm -hmm. You just got to do it and we'll figure the rest out after. You have to understand that we're entrepreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> we always procrastinate on everything. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> yeah. Because you know what? The priorities too, right? Yeah. Like we prioritize our million other businesses that we both do. Yes. So, yeah, so that so. always takes priority. This was like a passion project for yes. both of us. Yes. Right? Yes. Absolutely. But the way I always looked at it when we started is like, I feel like we could change a lot of yeah. lives and a lot of minds yeah. in a good way. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? When you have the like-minded person you're sitting with and you just talk for hours and you're like, man, if we talk on camera, this right. is going to be through the roof. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's how it started, right? Because we just were having a conversation and yeah. we were like, what if like we recorded this? The amount of value people would get out of yeah. it. Yeah. Because we're having fun with it, yeah. but we're talking about so much from like mindset to business, to yes. real estate, to finance, yes. to dance. And, I know. you know, so I was like, okay, that's a perfect opportunity yeah. for both of us to be like, okay, let us, let them hear what we have to say. I know, I know. You know, I looked at it this way, like it's hard for, for me to like just have a conversation with just anybody. Mm, yeah. Right. And then when you find that person you have a conversation with and it's like, just free-flowing you're like yeah. man like-minded yeah. and then you start to open up a little bit more like yeah. okay this is what i do this is yeah. what i do i remember i think i remember the first time we talked it was like oh this is what you do and, I, and then you're like this is what i do and i'm like oh this is what i do and yeah. then it became like man you're different 
Because like, we met each other and danced. Dance. Yep. Yep. And I think that's what the different part is, right? Because you don't find a combination. Because mm-hmm. you find you find um, in real estate, you find a lot of people who've been artists before. Absolutely. Or even an artist, you see a lot of realtors, but they don't practice as much. Not mm-hmm. a lot of realtors, I'm not. But like I've seen a few people who work in real estate. Yeah. But they're not necessarily doing it with so much passion. Mm-hmm. And they're not as involved, mm-hmm. right? What I found unique for both of us mm-hmm. was our amount of involvement we had both in like dance. Mm-hmm. And in real estate. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. Right? So that was like a unique combination. I was like, whoa, it's like the male version. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But this is this is my question to you, though. Like, yeah. why? Why? Why podcast? Why? Why did you want to? Because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little crazy and, and all over the place. But why? You why? know what? Like I said, like, we were having this conversation. Mm-hmm. I just thought what value could people get out of this right Mm because our conversations we were shooting shit and we were Mm -hmm. having fun Mm -hmm. right but we were talking about so many things like entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. our business Mm -hmm. just the finance awareness and Mm -hmm. i think a lot of things we aligned on was like how we can bridge that gap between um artists the artist community community we really closely work with we Mm -hmm. dance with we do gigs with Mm -hmm. and the real estate industry that our artist community finds so intimidating Mm -hmm. right and it's like that norm of the the starving artist that's been and i was like why is that a thing why Mm -hmm. is that a saying and why is that a norm right Mm -hmm. like how can we as both artists and people who understand finance and real Mm -hmm. estate Mm -hmm. can bridge that gap Mm -hmm. and we were so on the same page from like our journeys and like obviously different journeys but like what we could see Mm -hmm. happening Mm um and on our journeys if we can help you know our friends yep. our families to like understand things better and not have that that starving artist mentality um but it goes beyond to like how can we how can we make give value and bring out a different um you know like our purpose mm-hmm. right it was this podcast was just to explore purpose also to bring on people that we mm-hmm. think are going to be some uh kick-ass guests mm-hmm. that like our audience can learn from mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, I love having conversations with amazing people. I was like, mm-hmm. why not put it on camera, record it? Mm-hmm. So not just the two people having conversation can get value, yes, yes. but like whoever watching us can also get value. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's very important. Yeah. I was, and that's like, we never really talked, talked about what you just said. Yeah. Because, you know, we just have a conversation and we yep. never really talked about exactly why mm-hmm. we each wanted to yeah. do this stuff yeah and your turn for, for, you tell me me, me? <laughs> man it's my turn Just put me on the spot yeah. <laughs> okay listen for me at the beginning when i first started dancing i saw the culture of how dancers like you said are starving and i never understood why that was yeah. until I put myself in the shoes of a dancer and then I started realizing certain things not being compensated for a lot of this stuff that are happening like right now dancers are like running the industries yeah. if, if you are on TikTok and you're dancing and your song is popping you call dancers Yeah, uh, we go on festivals and we're on stage and that place is popping so back then when I started dancing I'm like there's nothing to help the artist so I started thinking, how can I impact the community mm-hmm. in a way that they would feel more empowered, yeah. right? And 
And for me, knowledge is power. Yeah. So I, I try to go seek knowledge and bring it back. It's like the pack mentality. Like mm-hmm. you go, you bring it back to everybody and you, and you share it together. And I, my passion was just to go get the idea, get the opportunity, bring it back. And I always wanted to give back to the community by just being like, hey, listen, this is what I've learned. Yeah. A lot of people take it. A lot of people don't take it. And but okay. it's okay. And I wanted to just make a big difference. But how do you get your voice yeah. out there as fast as possible? Because yeah. you can only be as popping in your local. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, like our friends will listen. <laughs> our friends will listen. But how do yeah. I get it over to international? Because I started in dancehall and yeah. Afro. So like, it's like, how do I speak to the community in different countries to be like, you can do this, 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 and this yeah. to be able to help yourself. And as an artist, you become more creative yes. when you don't have to worry yes. about, oh, I got to pay my bills. I got to do this. I got to do that. Uh, the creativity flows well. I agree. So, And you know yeah. what, though? that That's a great point. I mm-hmm. was Because think about it this way, right? A lot of artists don't consider finance or real estate as anything yep. because they think it will take away from it's supposed to be creative Mm -hmm. like they're artists Mm -hmm. like you know they have to starve they have to starve (laughs) (laughs) they have to live paycheck to paycheck and you know but the idea is you can still be an artist we're not Mm -hmm. telling anyone to take away from their passion i think that what i'm what we're saying is if you had the financial piece kind of in place Mm -hmm. your artistry will flow so So much much. smoother because you're not just then doing gigs and things for money anymore yep. right mm-hmm. you understand your value you understand your worth mm-hmm. and then you're doing things that you truly enjoy and appreciate mm-hmm. when you have some kind of like awareness of where your money can invest you can invest your money mm-hmm. in and uh what that money do can do for you mm-hmm. without always like you working for it mm. you know what i mean That's a very good point point. and you know like uh, i realized a lot of when i was talking to a lot of my friends and things like that in the dance community mm-hmm. i realized what they even lack right now or the thing we're missing with them is even the basic financial knowledge yeah, exactly like how do you even save mm-hmm. um that money every month to mm-hmm. like put towards you don't have to buy real estate but what if you had like say an opportunity comes up and you can only invest a thousand dollars in right exactly how do you like i realized they don't even know how to save those thousand mm-hmm. dollars you know what i mean yep so i was like that's interesting to me mm-hmm and that's where our podcast comes yes in. and to to piggyback on that understanding how to save that money also comes from the fact that you're you have to think about when you make money as an artist as like yeah. what percentage of that money am i going to put aside yeah. and how many how long am i going to sacrifice to get that money saved so i can then invest it so then i don't have to worry too much yeah you know yeah and that leads us back to like our background in things like i've been always wanting to know your full background i know bits and pieces yeah, yeah, yeah. of your background so like i've been wanting to know yeah. so now that i got you here <laughs> i'm like yes i'm gonna ask yeah. this question like where did you even start from like let's let's start back like in after high school what were you doing oh after high God. school? What were you doing? Think about it. Back then? Back then. What were damn. you doing? Okay, I'm not that old. But, <laughs> <laughs> but so high school, actually, I came from Indian high school. Oh, wow. So I started um, grade nine like a month later. Mm-hmm. Um, I started high school here. Mm-hmm. So honestly, the first, um, say high school, four years, and even like I went to university, 
I was just trying to figure out where in the world am I? Like, mm -hmm. it's a whole different country. I'm mm -hmm. trying to get used to making new friends, meeting new people. Um, and, you know, just like kind of getting used to a new environment in general, right? Yeah, same as Canada. <laughs> Yo, the snow though. Yes, when you first come here. From. I was like, um, I mean, I love this place, but like, yeah. what am I supposed to do with this white thing that's on the ground yes. right now? <laughs> When you first when you first land here, you're like looking at snow, like what? Yeah, yeah. Is this foreign Four, stuff. It's like actually, like walking in the snow because I'm also like short, and yeah. like I remember when I used to walk to high school, half the time the snow was up to my knee, so yeah. I'm like trekking through it. But I realized here's the thing, and I think as we go on with the episodes, we'll mm -hmm. both dig deeper into yep. our our mentality and our family backgrounds mm -hmm. and things like that. I tried the whole nine to five. So I went to hmm. university. I went to college. I wanted to go to law school, actually. And hmm. um, but I realized I was like, I want to test because I've, I talked to a lot of lawyers who had started their practices and just didn't like it and like, you know, quit. And I was like, OK, wow. I'm not about to spend all that money on law school and be like, I don't want to do this anymore kind of thing. So I actually got my paralegal diploma first and I um, was like, let me test out the work environment. That's such an entrepreneur way to like look at things. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to find the shortest way. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to find the shortest way and the cheapest way to yeah. test out that environment. And I'm glad I tested out, yeah. right? Because I realized working behind a nine to five, um, something is just like doesn't work for my personality. I just something is not yeah. what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, and like what I realized was the tipping point. I realized I have to ask someone else for two weeks of my own life Ooh, yes that feeling that feeling i was like oh. but it's my two weeks my life like my years <laughs> i was like why am i asking someone else for it submit like, paperwork here yeah, you go yeah. <laughs> can i get this two weeks out yeah and they're like no you can't we need this and i was just like mm. yeah. yeah i was like i don't know like something something clicked mm -hmm. and i realized for myself i needed more from i wanted more from life not needed hmm. wanted more from life I want to truly live like my life. Hmm. I want to live it. I don't want, I want to enjoy it. I want to have uh, a full life, like hmm. a holistic life. Like that doesn't just include the, the money aspect that includes relationships, yeah. friends, family, health, everything. Right. Yeah. Um, so at that time, obviously I didn't have as much clarity. I was like, what, 25, 26. Mm -hmm. um, but then as a paralegal, though, everything has a reason. As a paralegal, I used to do a lot of real estate transactions for the Ooh, lawyer. Yeah. Those. So you that's how I started. I did start there. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I, excited for this story. <laughs> I'm like getting so excited. Okay. I know. I started there and I used to see like these large amounts of transactions and money going on my desk. Like a lot of them were actually private mortgages. Oh. I know. Because the lawyer, right? We're yep. closing a lot of yep. privates. And I was like, yo, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> As an entrepreneur, you realize it. Yeah. What am I? They pay me this, and this yeah. is what's. Okay. This is what I'm doing, and I used to do a lot of like. I'm sure most like legal assistants and paralegals will kind of agree with this. A lot of the grunt work they do in mm -hmm. the lawyer's office, right? So, but that gave me a good start. So I mm. started with the rich dad poor dad thing that mm. everyone uh, yep. kind of starts out with. Went to their seminar, and then for four years. Um, all I did was, first of all, dance to keep me sane, hmm. but also went to every investor meetup I could find. So I went wow. from like Brampton to Windsor to London wow. to everywhere. I drove like same day back and forth just to attend meetups. And a lot of the meetups used to be just like one girl, me, yeah. um, because I remember going into one of the meetups and they're like, oh, are you, are you Jessica? And I was like, yeah, I am. 
And I was like, how did you know? And they're like, you're the only girl. <laughs> so they just figured that wow. was me. Such an entrepreneur, like, grind mentality I know. to have. I know. But you know what? I'm even changing that grind mentality because I realized we get caught up in this whole hustle and mm-hmm. culture of, like, grinding. And then we forget to, like, enjoy life in the way where why are we even doing all of this? What's the purpose? Like, what's the purpose of us grinding when mm-hmm. we are sacrificing our our life our families mm-hmm. our friendships and things like that and i think as artists we found a decent balance because mm-hmm. i think that yeah. artist side of us keeps us fun keeps us like kids and yes. like around our families on our communities um and then the real estate goes you know yeah. you know where we get to be mm-hmm. i guess adulting Is that yeah what you that's call it? that's the part where you have to grow up and you have to put your big boy pants <laughs> yeah. big girl pants on yeah. and do the work exactly so that's the basic background and then i got into my first property in the smack middle of covid oh wow just starting like it was starting COVID was starting and no one knew what the heck was going on and i closed the transaction we ended up flipping that one that property then i bought um me and my business partner yeah. who's a contractor um we did three or four flips in the like like the last two years then that's um that's, that's yeah it's good. good i know right yeah. he was a contractor helped a lot yeah that's <laughs> that you always have to have that as one of your partners i agree agree so suggestion yeah. if you're ever flipping have a contractor have a contractor <laughs> one of my partners is a contractor See, helps. if you don't you are going to yeah get the yeah you're gonna hurt you get your your uh ba- balance, yeah. bank balance is gonna hurt a oh bit. yeah because contractors are just gonna come and then go and then the next one is gonna come and charge yeah. and go and then, yeah, you have to have, have a to contractor have partner 100 percent. and yeah. then um just to quickly summarize and then the last 2021 we bought like 10 doors in cornwall as Ooh, rentals yeah yes. that happened really quickly mm-hmm. And I was just like, I almost had to be like, whoa, 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 yeah. <laughs> whoa, 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 yeah. who's, uh, who's managing all of those? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, as, and as, it was me, but yep. I was just like, I had it with JV Partners. We'll mm-hmm. talk more about like the technicalities of things after, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was with JV Partners. And then um, last October, we also bought another one in uh, Brampton. Okay, Brampton, yeah. B-Town. B-Town. Okay, I live there. Stop judging. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> 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 we got to judge, you know, it's Brampton. I still love Brampton, by the way, but, you know. I don't, yeah, I, know. I, know, you know. I get you, though. That's a different topic. That's a different, <laughs> Brampton man's and Brampton in general oh is a different gosh. topic. Oh, no. every, every Canadian is going to start laughing yeah, at this. Yeah, yo. You know what, though? Okay, so, like, that's the summary. So, mm-hmm. here's the, here's what it is. Hmm. I'm going to give you a quick, this is this was my summary of what I've gotten into. I'm actually selling some stuff and looking some international investments now. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's very, that's very good. Yeah. And then, so that's, uh, a bit of my history and a gist and I'm sure we'll dig into like stuff in the episodes mm-hmm. now guess what it's story what? time for you listen oh you always put me on the spot <laughs> yeah. but you know I always um, I like to you know indulge and just yeah, you know, yeah. talk about things well where do I start just like you <laughs> I came from Nigeria when I was I think it was in grade 10 yeah oh okay so you came yeah, to high school grade too. 9 grade 10 yes yeah. I, I, I remember I, I went to Naki uh, North Albion Collegiate <laughs> Institute in Ooh, Toronto, Albion. you know, but you know, close to Rexdale, yeah, you know, Rexdale, I, just, I, I grew say. up there and I'm like, you know, um, the thing about me, I went and what probably helped me a lot in life was I went from that school and I think it's grade 11, moved to um, Vaughan mm. and I went to school in King City. Oh, so okay. I went from one end of the spectrum <laughs> to the too. other end of the spectrum. 
So I was able to understand two different cultures. I started to realize in order for me to be successful in anything I do, I have to understand different cultures, Indian, black, Asian, everything, just because communication in different cultures are different, like completely different. So I went to school there and one of the biggest things in my family is you have to be a lawyer. Yeah. Every African yeah. would tell Yo, you Indian this. Indian people do <laughs> You have to be a lawyer, yep. doctor, engineer. engineer. <laughs> That's it. Yep. If you're not one of those, they'll be like, what's wrong with your life? Yeah. Get out of here. here. So I always think to myself, what can I do to make as much money <laughs> or more than that? Yeah. So, you know, your parents could be like, you know what? Now I'm proud. Yeah. They will first look at you and be like, when you first start as an entrepreneur, they'll be like, you're wasting your life. Yeah. Go to school and do this and do that. And, and But when you make it, then they go, okay, now I'm proud of you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I went to college um, and I went to Humber College. Then I went to York University. I was studying engineering and business, but I was more like I couldn't do the sitting down behind a desk. Yeah. I wanted to... My parent, my dad always said this to me. You can talk a lot. He's like, you can talk. You got to do it. Yeah. And one of the biggest things in life, but I think we figured it out as my dad and my family is when I was 21, my mm-hmm. dad said to me, I think you should be in real estate. Mm. That was 20. I was 21. Yeah. And I was like, no. I was what like, are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> I would, I'm not, you know, when you're 21, you're like, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. 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 And I wouldn't say it's a big regret. I would say it wasn't time. Yes, yes. Right, even when me and my dad talk now, like, you know, and we talk about it. But I went to school. People won't realize this. I think six, seven years ago, I used to work at H&M. Oh, shit. I know. <laughs> People <laughs> would be like, what? I used to work at H&M, and I, I was, like, working there, and I one day I realized, like, I wanted more for my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like... I was laying down and I'm like, wanted more for my life. And I went on Google. I'm like, yes. I want to make a lot of money. I did that too. <laughs> you know, that, you know that feeling yeah. you want to type in. I want to make a lot of money. Google How do I make answers. as much money? And Google, <laughs> Google came up and there was like this ad that came up and it was like, make, um, should I disclose the amount? Yeah. yeah. It was like, make $2,000 a week, right? And I was like, okay. What would, what would make you $2,000 oh, a week? week? And, I went to, on an interview. I'm not going to say the company's name because I used to work with them. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, no longer work with them. But I went to the interview. Um, the person I did an interview is one of my stagers now. You know, okay. Like, you know, like she's her and her. Yeah, they're they're awesome. But they, I, she did my interview. She's like, okay, go out with this person. That was when knocking on doors was legal, right? Oh. Like nowadays, like you can't do that. No. Knocking on doors, and we were selling. HVAC. Oh, right? we were selling yes, HVAC. I remember this. You remember those yeah, days? Yeah, back? I remember those HVAC, days. and then I was, I was knocking on doors, and... I remember shutting the door on you guys. Yeah. <laughs> shutting on doors? Shutting doors is like one of the things that we actually, you know, to tell yeah. you what it is, we like that. Yeah. Because oh, it's really? like a no, and we use that because on our book, we used to write every no you get is closer mm. to a yes. So when people yeah, knock... Yeah close the door on me i used to be like all right cool next one yeah, right yeah yeah yeah. so I, I i went in an interview the guy never sold any hvac that day but the way he was knocking on doors mm. just sh- showed me that 
what? All I have to do is talk to people. They need yeah. to change their HVAC anyways. You need to change your furnace to a new one. Yeah. So how can I monetize. and I'm how can I monetize? Not just that, how can I learn how to mm. talk to people? And then I went back and I got the job, it was full commission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So always on commission. Think about it. Yeah. Full commission. <laughs> so I'm like two thousand dollars a day a week. Come on, like you it's not yeah. really you have to sell. But the opportunity to be able to do a lot of things mm-hmm. opened up for me. And I went to be the youngest team leader oh, in that company. Nice. The y- youngest, um, what was it? What was it called back then? The team leader and the manager, like okay. something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Was, yeah, in that in that company. Nice. And uh, the younger distributor in that company. So, okay. I'll, I'll, one of the advice I'll give people is, when you first start looking for yourself, yeah. go to companies that would allow you to grow as fast as possible. Yeah especially in your 20s, you mm-hmm. have to learn that because if you learn how to grow as fast as possible in a company, you get to learn the mistakes that they make yeah. and you get to learn what you need to do within yourself to be better. Mm-hmm. You get yeah. to learn the tree. So when you want to open up your own company, you're not like guessing what needs to happen, yeah. right? So I went there. The company was worth $20 million when we started. At three years in, we were worth like 600 million because oh. we were everywhere like i i was in toronto kitchener waterloo i went to edmonton vancouver prince edward island yeah like, <laughs> i know i've never been there like i was like i went there for like a weekend to like you know yeah and i had a i had a pretty big team uh, working under me and you know i'll manage i'll take like three people out knock on doors and nice. sell in front of them Mm. And me and a few people kind of pioneered a lot of things in that industry. So that's where I started. Nice. And I always tell people knocking on doors is one of the hardest lessons you learn, but you would learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about people. And yeah, that's pretty much where I started. You know, obviously we left that company, started my own company. And we'll talk more about the companies that I have. And I have real estate now, flip properties, um, all those nine yard, but that's pretty much um, how I started in this game called life. Right? Game called life. <laughs> I, I call it a game called life. You have to keep like. I know. I, and one of the saying in real estate is, if you're not in the game, you're not playing the game. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. People you, think real estate is like just oh, you just have to buy a property. It's no, it's almost a game. No, it isn't. Yeah. If if you are not in it, you're not. Yeah. You're not in it. You're not yeah. winning. So, like, yeah. piggybacking off what mm-hmm. you said, too, right? You, you've so always been in sales, right? Yes. So, how does that help you now in real estate? Like, oh, you're... It you're, me a lot. Yeah. Like, so tell me a bit more. Like, okay, so what if... Even if someone is right now working, say, in a job like that, mm-hmm. or is working, say, in H&M, a lot of our artist friends are working mm-hmm. in different jobs, right? Mm-hmm. What can they take away from their current jobs? Like mm-hmm. what you took out of your mm-hmm. out of your job that you were working for your previous company, and how can they translate that? How did you translate that into real estate? So my biggest thing was learning customer service mm-hmm. and learning how to communicate with people. Yeah, and it was one of the greatest lessons that I've ever learned. And the other biggest lesson you learn is learn how mm. to hear a lot of no's. Mm. See those those closing of the doors, those no, I don't want it. Get out of my lawn. Yep. I've been called the craziest names. <laughs> I don't even want to say it. But those got me my mentality more mm. kind of like towards the path that I wanted to go. So I would say for those people, just learn how to 
communicate with people. Yeah. Learn how to like understand that you're not going to close a customer if you're going to just be like, this is my way and that's it. Yeah, yeah. You have to understand that people have different yes. reasons. And a num- another rule in, in talking to people is they would never tell you the real reason right away. Yeah. And you know what? I was listening to this another podcast, yeah. actually, piggybacking on what you said. Mm-hmm. You When you do sales, mm-hmm. you're talking to the people's subconscious, not exactly. their conscious. Yes. Like, exactly. there's certain, and like, you can have the same, you got to also learn to communicate, but also learn to listen. Yes. Like, what do they want, actually? And like, you got to read un- between the lines. You probably get that a lot because you're, yeah. you're in mortgage, right? Yeah. So you probably, the clients might not even tell you the full truth. No. You have to figure no. it out. Yeah. Right? How do you do that? <laughs> how do you do that? Okay. How many hours do we got? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, but honestly, when I got my, I forgot the part I said I got my mortgage license. <laughs> yeah, more, I, was, I was thinking, I'm like, you never told everybody that you got your mortgage license. Yeah, 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 yeah. So actually, when I started these investment, like going to these workshops, I always found like the missing piece was, and that's a question even now, new mm-hmm. investors will talk to you, artists will like, how do you get the money to do this? Yes. That's a big question, right? Yes. So I was like, yo, that that's, and like people used to talk about these, um, the mindset piece, your relationship with money and all mm. of that stuff. And I was like, okay, but like, how do you find the money? Like, tell, yep. me, tell me, tell me what, like, tell me actual steps to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's why I was like, okay, let me get my mortgage license. Mm-hmm. Understand, because most people I work with, including myself, were self-employed. Exactly. Right? And that's not where all the banks will give you a mortgage. Nope. Right? Um, I do work with all the banks too, but that's why I actually got my mortgage license to try to figure out how can I figure out this finance piece so I can get into mm-hmm. these properties, whether it's just me or with partners or whatever it may look like. Mm. Um, so with the mortgage side, one thing I really did, which is actually most people probably don't when they start out, I niched out right away. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Right. That's important. I niched out. I focused on investors because mm-hmm. I was an investor. That was mm. my intention. I always kind of designed unintentionally, but designed the clients that I wanted, which were investors or had mm. that mindset. Expert in that field. Yeah. Mm. Or, or just wanted to get into it. Um, they understand that they're not just buying their first principal house. They're buying it as an asset. They're how, how they can then go to the next one and the next one and yep. things like that. So right away, I niched out as um, an investor-focused mortgage agent, Mm -hmm. right? And I still do that. So oddly enough, I get a lot of clients who are too upfront, Hmm. where I'm like, you know... Yeah, you don't sell that. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) bro. But like, (laughs) you know what though? Like a lot of them, I actually end up doing a lot of privates uh, in my career. Yeah, Yeah, because even me when i got into real estate a lot of the deals how i got into it mm-hmm. this was private money so mm-hmm. how we flipped even me and my business partner we got first mortgage as a private private lender mm-hmm. you know with the, your mix or whatever it may be mm-hmm. and then our down payment actually came from other investors who were on Ooh. promissory notes Ooh. so yeah like i don't want to get too technical but like we got essentially 100 percent of other people's money smart and did that and you know what i realized there's a time and place for all strategies, right? Absolutely. Like in those cases, you better know your numbers because you can easily like take that money and mm-hmm. lose it and not just lose your own like reputation, but lose the investor's money. Facts. Right? Facts. So you got to like, I, I know people talk about these 100% other people's money and these all these investment strategies. <laughs> 
okay yes they are available to us it's but you gotta like there are, is a little bit of a uh a setup that you gotta do mm-hmm. to be able to utilize those strategies absolutely right mm-hmm. um but yeah to answer your question like the mortgage side people um right now that i work with is a lot of uh investors yeah and i'm actually getting my real estate license too right yes now too. welcome to the club <laughs> you're know. gonna be coming coming yeah I, like actually so again i'm gonna niche out again mm-hmm. investors investors yes smart yeah did you niche out when you start out um you know what no i'll tell you why mm-hmm. that's because real estate is different yep so i i started real estate during covid Mm. so i had my business and you know covid came and everybody's like oh my gosh what do i do and then i sat down i'm like you know what what do i gotta do Mm. and i'm like you know my real estate i think i started it but i just never completed it right so i went off social media everything for like Mm. eight months and i was studying you know Mm. people that take the real estate exam would tell you it's not easy (sighs) you might fail a couple times you just gotta keep going i remember i failed once by one point or two yeah, points yeah. i was like what yeah and then i just had to <laughs> you can't let it hurt your ego you gotta yeah. just move forward and there was that one exam that i did when i was like was it exam two it was i think it was three yeah because i heard two or three was three the, hardest. Is the hardest yeah okay three is the hardest, okay, hardest. i'm on two right now i've yeah. the first but i heard two and three are like the and i did it two years ago which was when um they were about to switch to humber also oh, i was on it. the last the last I was one of the last like because you guys are humble right now yeah so it's like tedious little little tough yeah but it was like you passed and you booked the next one so uh, the third one was like the hardest okay good to know I remember I remember failing it was like two or two two or three times I can't remember and it was always close yeah and then the last one I was like I remember praying I'm like God please (laughs) let me do this I'm like if I don't do this you know and um I remember uh, the mark coming in. It was like 80-something. It was like, you know, I've been like Ooh. two points, two points. And then all of a sudden, it was like 10 points over. I was like... Third time's the charm. And then I just went on to it. And then the last exam, you're supposed to have an elective after. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do everything. I did yeah. an elective, so I don't have to do anything for like the next two years. Yeah. So got my license during two years ago. Okay. So I went... So 2020? Yeah, it's 2020. This is 2023. 2021. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's August 2021. 2021. Okay. So two years. So, um, so here's, a, here's the biggest part. I When I got my license, uh, people were like, come to my brokerage. I will I will give you a good split yeah. and everything. And I said to myself, I've been in sales. Right. <laughs> I've been yeah. in sales my whole life. And the philosophy of sales is customer service, understanding those body yep. language, eye contact, tone of voice kind of understanding a customer i don't need you to teach me that i only need somebody to kind of guide me how to like deal with the paperwork the the legalities legalities and and everything so i went with my career right now and uh also when i got in there you could still be part of a team right and but you still keep your like Mm. yeah pretty much majority of my commission right so i was like you know what i want to do that so i went there I sat with them. They were like impressed. They're like, "Oh wow, this guy's gonna man can talk. He's gonna, he's gonna <laughs> man can talk. Man knows what he's doing." And um, in my first year, I won an award for one nice. of the top agents, right? And that's the thing for me. Whenever I go into something, 
I want to make sure mm-hmm. that I put my time in it, just yeah. like you. Yeah. Like, you know, when you go in it, you're going to devote your time. It's almost like we get obsessed yeah. with yeah. becoming successful in that field, whatever it yeah. is. If it's mortgage, real estate, dance, everything, we yes. want to be successful. So that's what I did my first year. I'm almost done my second year now. But the point I'm trying to make is like, I realized that in real estate, everything changed. Yeah. Yeah. I got my real estate license. It all changed and opportunities come left, right and center. And I take the opportunities. I flip properties, you know, and what you were saying earlier about knowing exactly what to do with certain things. So for example, a property that we're flipping right now. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You're, you're going to be like, we have everything in there. Yeah. It's all cash. Yeah. But here's the thing. If we went to the bank for it, we will be... Your holding costs would be insane. It be insane right now because of the interest rate and everything. So, you know, sometimes you need to, like, know what to do with certain projects, right? The last project that me and my partners um, did, which includes the contractor. You have to have the contractor as your partner. You really do. We we were projected to, like, make 20% of what you know we got in that one wasn't all cash it was just it was, with the it was supposed to be 20 percent, and you know almost kind of breaking even yeah. and then when we finished it which was the heights of last year oh you caught that my partners made like it was like literally like 75 yep. percent from 20 percent. it was a crazy increase yeah they made so much that they're like oh my god you know yeah. so it's like you gotta catch that wave yeah honestly and you yeah. know what like to bring up a point that you brought with investing right yeah two ways right mm-hmm. you could do the whole cash mm-hmm. or you do 100% of the money yeah but here's the the key difference now yeah. evaluate your situation that you're in right now exactly like exactly. you know what I mean so like I realized when I especially when I started investing people used to always talk about this whole OPM and things mm-hmm. like that but I see an advantage of how you did this flip mm-hmm. because there is a lot of our even when me and my partner were flipping we were profitable in all the deals but the amount of time and energy you took from us yeah. were like because we were using 100% of every, like other money we had high interest rates we were yes. using all private money yes. right so our holding costs used to stack up yeah, which means man. not like you shouldn't add pressure to like you know have a deadline for flips but mm-hmm. that ad- added even more pressure mm-hmm. that also cut into our profits mm-hmm. right now on the other hand, where you did it, mm-hmm. of course, you still got to hit a timeline, but mm-hmm. there's less pressure in Absolutely. terms of like, you don't have like a lender or a private lender or even a bank like on your ass about something. You know, the biggest reason why we did it? Yeah. Because we knew the city was going to hold us up a lot. Yeah. And I predicted that from the beginning. So yeah. I'm like, guys, let's just go in with this. Because if the city came mm-hmm. in and said a bunch of stuff and we have, yeah. we're okay. Yep. And now everybody's like, I think I remember talking to my partner yesterday and he's like, you know, imagine if we did this with the bank. Yeah. It'd be crazy. Yeah. And we're like, yeah. And, you know, you know, January till now, like the market has changed, has gone back up. Like yeah. it was down yeah. before and it was perfect because we didn't have to sell then. Now we can sell and we still make a little Profit. bit more money yeah. than we were supposed to. Yeah. And the the point I'm trying to make is like, you have to, like you said, you have to know mm-hmm. what circumstances you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you know and you plan right, yeah, you'll be good. Yeah. But if you don't plan right, oh my gosh, you're playing yeah. with fire. You are. And you know what? I've played with plenty of fire yeah. because <laughs> that, that's how I learned. That's how yeah, I learned. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Like people 
when I was like going to these intense investor meetups, they used to mm-hmm. always talk about like leverage, 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 mm-hmm. leverage makes money. Leverage, yeah. You know what? That's great. <laughs> Someone's gonna pay that leverage yeah, though. Yeah, <laughs> somebody has to pay that leverage. Like actually, right? So it's like, I realized balance. Balance of what that old school mentality of having liquidity and things like that is. Mm-hmm. And our new way of thinking of like being creative on how you can get into deals. So say that someone, there is someone who wants to get into deals and has no money. Mm -hmm. Of course, if you're able to get into the right deal with 100% of someone else's money, I would suggest go ahead. Just make sure you have your numbers right. And Mm -hmm. that's all the the main thing is, Mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of investors did predict the rate hike because we were sitting in a like a minus yeah. one i don't yeah, know how we like, got there i don't even know like we were at you know some i think banks were offering 0.99 i was like when i saw that i was like what what yeah yeah so now on the other hand when you have these high interest rates it's insane, it's insane. because but people a lot of people did predict it they just didn't predict this how much. fast yeah how fast and yeah. how much like 100 none of the people yep. that i knew predicted this much yeah and this quickly they did 10 hikes it was insane. I was like yeah. sitting there like, you, you know. And you know what's the funny part is what their intention is. Okay, let's not get polit- political. Yeah. But yeah. like their intention was, I don't know if they're meeting that intention because what people who are hurting right now most of the time are mm-hmm. just normal people. Normal people. Who are, who had their renewals coming up, who yeah. just, who own Regular, one property, yeah. who maybe own one another rental or something like that. Because like we we've talked previously about like the landlord and tenant and issues and things like that right and that's a big consideration right now why i'm also going outside of the country Mm -hmm. uh but think about it this way i think there's a stigma of the landlord that comes from like you know back in the day we used to watch these movies these big builders kicking out all these people people. and all of that That, right now most landlords are just your normal mom and pops yes regular people regular people because they're just trying to create wealth for their families Mm -hmm. they're trying to have the security because pension is not going to pay you know at Mm -hmm. all after like it's not going to manage their lifestyle Mm -hmm. after Mm -hmm. so i think that stigmatized like aspect of the landlord and tenant and the relationship especially in ontario are are interesting at the moment very interesting right so that's why i I did actually prefer flipping over Mm -hmm. holding rentals yep and even now, I would rather like go into maybe commercial real estate, which is not multifamily, yeah. is still governed by the landlord tenant board, mm-hmm. but like more commercial, like say retail or retail. Um, industrial or spaces, spaces, like, like, leasing spaces, for, spaces like this like beautiful this. place. Yes, yeah. exactly. So yeah. things like that, I would rather go into those, uh, go into flips, go into maybe some kind of hospitality stuff. Yeah. Um, but and or international. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm uh, essentially like where I am looking at right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the point was to pivot and like to understand your situation again, right? Like know what you're getting into. Don't listen to every single person on Instagram. Yeah, man. You know? Like I watch a lot of videos and sometimes I'm like, I take something out of here, sit something out of there, but I'm not sitting down and being like, this person's way is the right way and that's it. Because that's how you start falling into the trap. You have to figure out your own way, right? And for example, with my company, and what we what we do, I figured out to do is, I had to go learn the stuff from the beginning to the end. So I had to learn how, you know, when you buy the property, when you take possession, how to um, when you do a flip, when you go in and you demolish a bunch of stuff, and then what you do next. Okay, am I gonna deal with the drywall am i going to deal with the um shaping of the house i'm going to insulation all those things i 
put together a structure within a company to know what to do next and how to build it out, how to build out the actual contracts for it Mm -hmm. because contractors will always mess you over. And the thing is, they're like, oh, they want 80% of the money up front. Contractors that work with me, sometimes I'm like, you know what? You do the work, then I'll pay you. Yeah. Or I'll give you 50%. If you finish it, I'll pay you. If you don't finish it, then there's no point. Yeah. But when you are a newcomer, they're mm-hmm. going to take advantage of that because they know. They know. And if you don't know your stuff, they're going to do 80% of the work properly. And yeah. then it looks okay, but you think it's okay. But then other experts are coming and be like, what? This is a... I have a funny story about that. Yeah. So I'll let you continue. Yes. So it's like, I had to learn that, especially the first house. Yeah. I had to learn that. The contractor that, you know, as a partner showed me, he's like, this guy came in. We hired him. He's like, look, look at this job. Yeah. Look at all this stuff. Look at what he's doing. Like... You have to learn that. So I had to learn how you in, even install like flooring. Yeah. Even down to the painting, how they painted and how you're like, look, they didn't cut this corner. Mm-hmm. Right. Like just to understand that helps us. Yeah. Because if you don't know that stuff and then you're here to put it on the market and then the people come out. in, yeah. you'll be like, yeah, yeah, I want a discount. Look at this. Yep. Right. So yep. tell me your story. I got to hear the story. I was, I'm excited. You know what? what? It's funny right now. Yeah. It wasn't funny. It wasn't funny back then. <laughs> it wasn't funny back then. It's usually then. like that. <laughs> yeah. Like my first property. Yeah. I bought it off market. That's I bought nice. it from a realtor whose partner had just flipped that property. Oh, wow. So I had ideally bought it as a turnkey rental. It was in mm-hmm. St. Catharines. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to not take on too many renovations right now because I'm still learning about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take it on. I'll buy something that's kind of renovated and I can just rent it out. Yeah. 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 That so like the bad. speaking of quality of flipping too like when you're finishing like you know what you were saying about how you got to watch the quality of work and things like that we would literally it would have been sometimes i feel like it would have been double the amount to fix their flips wow then to actually like just if i would have just flipped it from the right away so i was just like what in the world like it was just it was just everything weird thing is going on there like crawl space was just watered there and i'm like so it was the biggest number one thing plumbing plumbing it is the plumbing plumbing Plumbing, and i realized i'm not buying a place with a crawl space ever yes don't don't (laughs) don't i know it's like basement foundation i need to check so again i learned someone um I listen to talks about like your 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 so-called negative experiences yeah. how as feedback as a learning mm-hmm. right so that way you can switch how you take on experiences Absolutely. right so again i took this as that as feedback mm-hmm. and as a learning it was extremely stressful at that time because we had a tenant in there oh, yeah. which was also not a great space for her mm-hmm. and anyways like the tenant itself was also interesting. Me, my brother, and my dad like cleaned out needles out of that house. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it was insanity. My cousin this was went my, through that. This was my first deal too. I was like, "Am I not meant to be here?" Mm-hmm. Like in real estate. But here's the thing, right? Most people like get discouraged at that point. At yes. that point, yes. it's like your first deal, and this is all is happening right now. Yeah. So obviously, I didn't. I clearly did not get discouraged in any way. But absolutely. Um. But I'm just saying it's a learning experience. And now uh, when I get my real estate license or even when new investors talk to me as, as um, and just asking questions and things like that, I always talk about how 
what to look for. Mm-hmm. So like they don't have to learn because I feel like people think that you always have to learn from hard experiences. No. Like you had said previously for your previous company, you lo- you can learn from other people's Other people, yes. If yes. you choose to, that yes, is, right? Yes, yes, Like you learn from other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. You were, you when you were doing your sales, you're like, I'm watching these people seeing things that work and that don't. don't yep. And then I'm applying that to myself. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think we both are okay to be those examples and kind of like, talk about our mistakes that we've done so that way people who maybe are listening to us or who we work with in the future can avoid it yes yes exactly i i also look at that as um because of our experience it actually makes it more like yeah i'm gonna listen to that person because they've made that mistake and they know how to pivot yes from that mistake it's always it always surprises me when i see people like they make a mistake and then they're like, you know what? I'm not going to do that ever again. And yeah. I'm like, sometimes you just got to learn from it because it's actually going to make you stronger. Yeah. Like the first property that we that that we did, you're going to laugh too because <laughs> this story is crazy. So there was a sub pump in the basement. Oh, you know, love those. So it's, it's love, love those. those. Yeah, love I those. love <laughs> those. So the sub pump wasn't really working properly. Yep. So... <laughs> I know where this is going. The basement was like leaking, everything. Yeah. And we didn't know that. Yeah. Because we were going to actually dig the basement. And we uh, didn't end up digging it because like we figured like, oh, it was going to cause more problems. And then the side of the property, when we actually finished, we're almost finished. Side of the property, you could see water coming out the walls. Ooh. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> heart, I was like, heart attack. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on? And then, the, you know, there's... There's like a nice, um, what do we put in the basement? It's a laminate that we put in the basement yeah. and it was like swelling and like oh. you can see the water. Oh, those and are the expensive ones Expensive. Too. So what we had to do, we realized where it was because when it rained, mm. the side of the house, it would rain and just go right in because it's the old properties, you know. And yeah, I started, yeah. I, I went to Hamilton, Hamilton. and I went ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hamilton. That's what my business partner did too, actually. I yeah. went ham. Like Hamilton, when you caught it in COVID times, yes, man, you're buying. It was popping. Popping. <laughs> like our second property, you, you're not, you can't find this now. We bought it for $390,000. Oh my God. And, and like, we sold it. Yeah, you don't want to. Drum roll, drum roll. Drum roll. Drum roll, what is it? In the 700s. Yeah. See, like I'm not so crazy. Like I had an investor who yeah. did like who bought something at, like a triplex or a duplex for yeah. like four or five hundred. That time he got a value for over a million, million. dollars. Yeah. I'm like, if you caught it at the right time yeah. before like that COVID early yeah. COVID and then after COVID, especially last if you sold oh last gosh. year, you were or going refinance to last or year. refinance. You're pulling out so much cash. Yeah. You don't got to refinance for the next five years. You have like half Absolutely. a million dollars. So that's what um, in my first in the first house. Mm. So it was like leaking, and what we had to do because once again, the yeah. contractor has to be your partner. Yes. So he's like, okay, to dig and weeping tile in the, in the side usually would cost like ten twenty grand. You know, we did it for four thousand dollars, but you know, we had to get you know because we knew a lot of people and yeah, he knew a lot of people yeah. in Hamilton. We had to dig down. We oh, had to yeah. break everything. We had to weep and towel. We had to like guide the water. So when it mm. comes to be able to go right in and be able to flow out, like we had to do all that. And That's then we so sold fun. the property. And you know, I I learned from that. Yeah. You know, the second house I learned from it. Now this one I'm learning from it. Like every single house I'm learning. How? Because my goal in the future is to be a builder. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. my cousin is a builder. He's one of the biggest nice. builders in Canada. And I want to be a builder. And he told me he's like. All you need to do is learn. Yeah. Because, yes, I can go right now 
and go get my terminal license and be a builder, but I would make a lot of mistakes. So yeah. I had to learn. Now I can do it because like it's yeah. I know how to deal with the foundation. I'll call the trucks, like deal with all the all those little things that need me to be successful. Yeah, how to yeah, plan yeah. properly, but like we had to go do it. Yeah. We had to go do the groundwork. Yeah, and it's not easy. Like your first property cleaning out all those needles like yeah. you had to learn yeah what could be the worst part yeah. of doing these things and that's why sometimes i get a little bit more like i know a lot of landlords are yeah, yeah. not good but when you have landlords like that who just got their property and they're renting it out and yeah. they got taken advantage of then you start sitting there and being like i know sometimes it's it's hard for tenants yeah sometimes it's also hard for, for landlords. landlords it's both ways yes. it's a relationship yes. right yes Absolutely. And you dealing with that was, that's, yeah. my cousin went through that, man. And yeah. I remember him sending a video of when, first of all, it took a year yeah, to, get them that, out. to get him out. Yeah. And then I remember he's like, he sent me a video. He's like, this is what I get yeah. for being so nice. And he was crying. Aww. And then you can walk through the house and it was like garbage everywhere. Yeah. And it was like, he's like, look at this needles. Like, and, and I was like, oh my God, I almost threw up Yeah, and I felt bad. Um, so it's like, you got to look at it both ways. Yeah, yeah. And the biggest part I start to see right now in Canada, and we don't want to get political. Yeah. I don't want to be in that. No, no. But it's we're like. We're trying to have fun here. We're trying to have fun, yeah. man. I want to like, I want <laughs> yeah. everybody to have fun. Yeah. It's like, I just, I always look at it as like, we just don't build fast enough. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> we don't build fast enough. So we want more affordable housing. We want more properties, but we're not building fast enough. And also it comes down to, the government is not approving things yeah, fast enough. Yeah. If in the States or even in Asia, even in Africa, yeah. listen, they could put up a property or a Tomorrow. whole subdivision Tomorrow. like that. Yeah. A yeah. week, a month, bam. 100%. First of all, here, the first year you have to go through approvals. It's like, what? Yeah. A whole year for approval? Yep. And then now you got to take another three years to build. Yep. Yep. What would take months in other places would take years. Yeah. And like, think about yeah. it, even like not building fast enough. And also if it's make, if they're making it so hard for landlords mm-hmm. to evict tenants that, yep. that actually like not landlords will never evict good tenants. Yes. Ever. Like we love good tenants. I, I would hope those other landlords that do that. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. so, but if it's going to be that hard for someone to say, if someone's not paying, for months. For months. And then you still can't get them out. Like if you're going to put mm-hmm. investors in that that kind of position yeah. and you're not building fast enough, there's immigration coming, there's people needing housing. Yep. How do you expect mm-hmm. investors to continue investing mm-hmm. and then not not be extremely picky of the tenants, right? Absolutely. So now that's what happened. Landlords are like, okay, we're going to take our time to put the tenant in because we can't, we don't want to risk that next year. We might not get paid kind of thing. Right. So I think what needs to happen is a whole different story, but like Mm -hmm. what they need to find a balance is like you said, landlords and tenants they're it's a mutually beneficial relationship, right? It's like if, a lot of people don't can't afford to buy property, so mm-hmm. they're renting or mm-hmm. they're foreign, like in like kids, uh, people coming for school or whatever yeah. it may be, or different reasons why they're not buying instead mm-hmm. and they're renting. Mm-hmm. But then the relationship is also like they like the landlords are giving them that place to rent. Yes. So it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Absolutely. But I feel like right now in Ontario specifically, I've talked to a lot of investors. It seems like 
more than the actual relationship, I think what the government is putting forward, mm-hmm. like the agenda in terms of like what's on the news and things mm-hmm. like that, I think is making the relationship more uh, volatile than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like it's it can be better. I, and I look at it this way, for example, I've been telling, talking to like a lot of my friends lately. They're like, first off, why is the interest rate that high? Like, number one, like it just absolutely doesn't make sense because, nope. well, the the best interest rate right now technically is in the states because they mm-hmm. have, I think it's like two point nine. I'm not sure. And I'm moving there. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> Everybody's like, let's go to the states now. Cheaper properties, everything. So yeah. two point nine, and I think we're in the second bracket. Mm. So if we're in the second bracket, what's the point of keep? increasing and hurting everyday people it's not the investors you're hurting like it's not the investors that have like 500 homes yeah yeah. they already have a reserve fund to cover that yep they know they can tough it out because guess what regular people can tough it out and what we're not realizing is the policies that are coming in are hurting the everyday people not the big investors yeah you want to curve the big investors this person is going to say you know what because the interest rate is so high I'm going to buy this whole block for 500 million rather than buying it for 700 million. I'm going to buy for 500 million. I'm going to rehab it and I'm going to wait till you lower the interest rate. And when you lower the interest rate, I'm going to, I'm going to 1.5 my money. I'm going to pull out that 5%, uh, 5%. I'm going to make half my money back. This is how those big investors think. think. Yep. But the regular people, they're not, we're not yeah. thinking like that. Or the investors will pivot. Like yeah. they'll be like, okay, we don't want to invest here anymore. Yeah. We'll no. just go find somewhere else. Find somewhere else. Or yeah. some other kinds of deals to invest in, yes. right? So like you said, it's the intent doesn't I mean the intention of yeah. their changes. I'm like, what is what are you trying to achieve what's the logic? here? Yeah, yeah, what's what is the end goal here? 